United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. What is the state of affairs in Syria right now? The regime is marching to retake territory. Uh, There seems to be a shadow war between Israel and Syria, Iran, and Hezbollah. Let's talk about all of these issues and more with Mona Yacobian, who is a senior policy scholar at the United States Institute of Peace. The Twitter handle is at USIP. Mona, welcome back. Thank you for being on POTUS today. Thanks so much for having me. Every time we talk about Syria, I keep thinking his days are numbered, uh, President Assad, but he is still there. And one wonders exactly what the state of the battle is right now. Just an overview, if you will, for a moment on what we are seeing taking place in Syria right now. Sure. Well, Tim, uh, I think uh, Bashar al-Assad uh, is very much set to prevail in Syria. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, as you said, what we're seeing is the regime really retaking territory, consolidating control over much of the country. Um, This really started in earnest back in late 2016 when the regime uh, retook uh, parts of Aleppo that had been held by the rebels, Uh, of course, with significant help from both Russia and Iran. And since that time, they have steadily been regaining territory, most recently now down in the south, Um, Just last month, they retook the city of Dera. This was the birthplace of the Syrian revolution. Uh, So we're really seeing a trend of um, the regime essentially reconsolidating its control. The United States and Russia, at one point, it had been characterized by the Russians as an alliance to fight against the Islamic State or ISIS. That does not seem to have been the case. It was more Russia working with Iran to do some other things right now. Is First of all, is the battle against ISIS is that over with now or not in Syria? You know, it's it's certainly coming toward a close. Uh, in early May, uh, the counter-ISIS coalition uh, began something called Operation Roundup, and that's really designed to do just what it suggests, which is basically uh, sweep out the, the last remaining remnants of ISIS in far eastern Syria uh, and in Iraq. Is the United States still committed to any particular course of action in, in, in Syria? I'm not, I'm not quite clear what the policy is right now, other than the fact that the United States is committed to, to defeating ISIS. Well, I think that has been really the major focus of U.S. policy in Syria, frankly, going back to 2014. The main focus has been to defeat ISIS in in Syria as well as in Iraq. Now, what happens after that, I think, is a big question. Um, President Trump has really expressed a desire to withdraw U.S. troops. There are a small number, 2,000, on the ground in Syria. He's suggested that he'd like to withdraw those troops uh, and pull out of Syria. If that's the case, I think that will have a significant impact on the ground. That may open the way, frankly, for ISIS to reestablish itself. Um, It could also, I think, signal uh, the Syrian regime, Russia and Iran, that the U.S. really has no interest in Syria. And and essentially, yeah, essentially, and essentially sort of, um, you know, lay the groundwork for, for their taking over even those parts of Syria. Mona Yacobian with us, a senior policy scholar at the U.S. Institute of Peace as we discuss Syria. Um, Aziz Asbar was a research director at the Syrian Scientific Studies and Research Center. His assassination has not been acknowledged by Israel, but it does raise questions about a series of attacks, and it does raise the question, the specter, if you will, of something called the shadow war. Maybe you could describe what your concerns about that are. 
Well, I think what we're seeing is as the Assad regime has reestablished control, it's done it, as I said, with the help of Russia and Iran. Israel has grown increasingly concerned, in particular, about Iran's uh, posture inside Syria. And the Israelis have said that under no circumstances will they tolerate a permanent uh, Iranian military presence on the ground in Syria. So we've seen a steady uptick in these unattributed attacks um, aimed largely at military facilities uh, associated with the Syrian regime, Iran, or Hezbollah, the Lebanese militia that is a strong ally of Iran on the ground. And what is the role of Hezbollah in this also? Well, Hezbollah has played a very important role in in the Syrian civil war in terms of bolstering the Assad regime. They started their involvement in Syria in 2012, uh, largely in a covert way. And then in 2013, in a much more open fashion, they've been on the ground providing a lot of uh, uh, sort of extending, if you will, ground capabilities for the Syrians and bolstering Assad, ensuring that the, the regime does not collapse. One of the stories uh, today being reported by the Associated Press is about countries that are taking custody of foreign fighters who were detained in Syria and have brought them home to face justice. Macedonia became the latest country to repatriate detainees captured on the battlefield by the U.S.-backed Syrian Democratic Forces, taking seven Islamic State fighters on Monday. The numbers are just a fraction, according to the Associated Press, of the roughly 600 foreign fighters currently being detained by the SDF. Uh, What can you tell us about that? Well, I think that's exactly the point. It's an important, maybe small first step, but as you've noted, the number is just a fraction. I think this leads to a much bigger question of what to do with these captured ISIS fighters. Um, The SDF, the uh, Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces, is not even a national entity. And many of the countries from which these fighters hail are not interested in repatriating them and having these fighters return to face justice in their countries. So it, it leaves open a very big question. What's going to happen to them? Uh, will they become radicalized even further? Will they escape these, um, this, this, these detention camps? Uh, so it's, it's a big, I think, long, longer-term issue that still needs to be uh, resolved. And there's another large issue, a looming issue, and that has to do with refugees, where they're going. The Lebanese government, we know, as you've reported, has said that it would not force refugees back, but would facilitate their return to Syria. Still, there are countries that are bursting at the seams, if you will, from refugees from this battle. What to do about them is a problem that people are going to have to confront, and I'm wondering what is being done about this issue right now. Well, I think we're starting to hear much more about this issue of refugee returns. And as you said, now the Lebanese government has said they're not going to force Syrian refugees back, but Lebanon hosts the largest number of refugees per capita in the world. And um, it seems fairly clear that those communities, their patience is running thin, and conditions for Syrian refugees in these hosting countries, in Lebanon, for example, are very, very difficult. So many Syrian refugees are faced with this uh, rather difficult set of choices to stay in a place like Lebanon where they don't have work, where it's difficult for their children to be in school, or to return to Syria, which is far from secure, in which they face a very uncertain future. Will they be jailed by the Assad regime? Will they be conscripted if they're young men into the Syrian army? Uh, It's a very, very difficult set of choices, but we are starting to see a trickle of Syrian refugees returning to Syria.
Mona, is your belief that the United States should offer assistance financially or otherwise to these countries that have taken in these refugees, at the very least in the interest of uh, maintaining some level of stability and, and, and uh, comfort, in other words, so people are not dying? Oh, I absolutely. And I think the U.S. for many years has played a leading role uh, as the, the, the single, single largest uh, humanitarian donor uh, in terms of providing aid and assistance to refugees living in Syria, uh, sorry, living in Lebanon, in Jordan. Um, now, the Trump administration has somewhat of a different focus. Uh, they are less interested in uh, providing funding to the U.N. agency, UNHCR, um, that provides assistance for these refugees. Uh, but I think it's essential uh, that both for the refugees and as well for the countries that are hosting them, which they are doing really at great cost. In many ways, it really is an international public good uh, to host refugees uh, amongst the host communities in Lebanon, in Jordan, in Turkey. Mona, last question, kind of returning to where we started. It does appear now that regime change is not going to take place in Syria. No, I think that's exactly right, Tim. As I said, I think it's fairly clear uh, that the Assad regime is set to prevail. I think a bigger bigger question is what will that Syria that over which he presides, what will it look like? I think it's going to be a very uh, violent and, and fractured Syria for many, many years to come. Mona Yakubian, thank you for joining us on POTUS. Thanks so much for having me. Mona is the senior policy scholar at the U.S. Institute of Peace discussing the situation in Syria for years. We heard Bashar al-Assad's days are numbered. They have been numbered, but they've been numbered even more than the administration of President Barack Obama. And who knows what it will be like under President Donald Trump, according to what Mona's saying. Regime change not in the offing there. Still a situation the U.S. must deal with. Some thoughts about what needs to be taken care of. The Twitter handle, by the way, is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.